from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Thursday home, Cofield and Company. Silver 7, Silver 7, Silver 7's. We got hockey tonight, VGK and the Red Wings. JVT is the company. Angels helping us out down here at Silver 7's. Flamingo and Paradise, come on down. 77 cent beers during all Golden Knights games. Plenty to get to. Lots of NFL. So get ready for the playoffs. Lots of offseason stuff. Some Tom Brady stuff again today. Why not? Until he officially decides what he's going to do. If he's going to retire. If he's leaving Tampa. If he's going to land here in Vegas or elsewhere. What's up, John? Nothing much, man. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like weird. I feel like I'm in a weird, different, like alternate time zone. I was telling you before the show started. I felt like it'd been like two, three weeks since I've done the show, but I think I was actually on last week. I like this week has felt long and short at the same time. I don't know. I feel like I'm in a really weird headspace right now. You okay? Something else going on? I'm just we busy, need, I guess. Get you on the uh, therapy couch? No, I, just, I think I'm just busy, but like, or maybe I'm just getting old. Like, I always thought that like when people got older, right? And you'd ask them, like, how old are you? And they would pause for a second and be like, <laughs> oh, I don't know how, like, let me think about that for. I kind of understand now. Like, time is just. Like, going by, man. And I don't know what day it is or what time it is. I just know i got to be places. It all blends together. Yeah. All bones, it all melts together. You were on last Tuesday. Oh, okay. And then the Friday before that was the – okay. But I think you had a little delay getting in, so – that was the day. I think you were doing some stuff with the Westgate. And we had had Tony Khan on and then – so last Tuesday. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Okay, that's why. That makes you feel a little there bit There you better. go. I always have the schedule here so we can both remember. But I'm on two days this week. I'm fired up. That's right. You're on tomorrow uh, over at Treasure Island. So we got a Red Wings game tonight, like I said, 77-cent beers. And now is going to be the adjustment period for the Golden Knights. It just feels like they've been in this weird up-and-down funk for like a month. And then the last thing you need to happen is Mark Stone to go down. And it may be another back injury. Is it the same injury? Oh, boy. Yep. You know, you just start to think the last couple of years, the way they've built this team, if the same guys can't stay healthy, I'm not exactly sure what you do, but then you have to start pointing towards management. I mean, they got from out from under uh, Pacioretty, who unfortunately then freaking got hurt even worse when he left. Mm-hmm. But they've been in, kind of stuck in this era where their star players don't stay healthy, and, I mean – Listen, I don't know that you can predict things like this. I don't know. Going back, think about baseball and all the stuff with Carlos Correa. Clearly the Mets and the Giants saw something that while the Twins are ready to deal with it on a much shorter contract, was there something to predict the the rash of injuries the last couple of years with their biggest stars? Because it may take this season down. It certainly took last season down. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a Clippers fan, right? You can tie that as well. Like the Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have not been healthy at all, and they continue to try to keep this thing going with the same team. And it is a team that, kind of keeping with the comparison of the Clippers, it is a team that is a whole bunch of longer in the tooth veterans that you're hoping for. Like, hey, we can get this window, we can fit into this window now with the guys that we have. It hasn't really been the case. Now, the Knights have not been handling it the same way as the Clippers in terms of giving these dudes nights off and not letting any continuity build. But it's a similar deal. Like, health is just something where, like, at some point, if guys have health issues, you've got to find different ways, like, not to sell and punt on those guys, but to build enough depth to kind of overcome what you're expecting here at this point of building your roster in that way. And, two, I mean, like you mentioned, 
the way that this team is viewed. Betting market views that they're a little bit weaker. Market's moving against them consistently again here today. Opened up a dollar seventy down to minus one fifty four. You know, so they are obviously a weaker team. Be interested to see how they can overcome it though. We got football news in. You know, in what three weeks we've got the week before the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl games. Yeah, not the game, the Pro Bowl games which I'm really curious to see what the whole schedule is and what they're going to put together here is sort of a national football convention the week before what is considered the national football convention. I might argue, though, that this one, as long as prices hold at a decent number, I mean, last year the Pro Bowl game itself was ridiculous, especially second-hand market. I got completely screwed on that. But this could actually be for the people. Now, Vegas prices are a little different story. We'll see what the prices are to, get, right. to, to book a hotel and drink prices and all that. Um, but this one's for the people, while the following week in person is for the upper crust, right? Because really, who can afford to go to a Super Bowl? I, you know, I, I have more than a few friends who have their team still involved, a couple of Cowboy fans. And I was talking to one of the Cowboy fans, and he reminded me, he's like, I think I got to go. He's like, they haven't been there for 30 years. And then you just talked five minutes ago about time flying. I'm like, wait, what? Right. That's a good point. But me, man, processing, paying four, six, ten grand a ticket, that's what I'm talking about with the, like, our Pro Bowl games are the National Football Convention. If we make, you know, we do the right thing, we do it the right way, kind of like what we do during the summer, right? Mm-hmm. Around the summer league and all the high school basketball and then all the, the other stuff that's going on, the uh, USA training uh, Super Bowl and Arizona for Cowboy fans is close. Arizona has a ton of Cowboy fans already. Super Bowl is a really pricey event to go to. Mm-hmm. Really pricey. So I want to be of the people and for the people. Vegas. No better place to do it. Now when F1 comes here, uh, up yours. Sorry, people. <laughs> They're not concerned about you at all. No, they don't. <laughs> that is That is going to be... The rich person's event in the U.S. for three oh. years. What's better than wine and what's bigger than wine and cheese? Is it like I don't even know what would be more than that? Like pure, yeah, like anyway, I don't know what ether and like Dude, caviar. I, I don't. Know. I know some people who had thought. Um, actually, our friend Petro from WHB in Kansas City, when he heard it was announced, he's a big F one fan. He's like, oh, I'm definitely coming. No, you're not. And then he just told me two days ago. He's like, eh, I think we're going to Austin for the <laughs> F one event there. He's like. We started checking into prices, Vegas, next November. Look out. It's going to be crazy how expensive that's going to get. I, I, like, look at I, the, I mean, look at – they're doing it for, you know, PR, but some of the packages they're offering for, you know, super celebs, super rich people. But uh, I don't think there will be a room anywhere within the vicinity of F1 that's going to be less than 500 bucks a night. I'm talking like yeah. bargain basement motels, and it will be like a three-night minimum at 500 and then – from there on the strip, I can't. I don't see anything being less than like seven hundred a night. Does that motel by uh, by Trop? Does it still have the little sign that tells you how much the room is for that night? How high does that? How high does that sign it's get? Be sky high, <laughs> right? You saw the captains for the pro uh, pro bowl games, right? Yeah. So I didn't. Under, so I haven't really understood the concept. Do they get to pick their teams? It's Snoop Dogg and Pete Davidson. Yeah, Snoop is pairing up with Peyton Manning because this is a Manning oh, Brothers okay, yep, production. Yep. And then uh, Pete Davidson will be with uh, Eli Manning. Pete Be- beyond that, I don't have a lot of details. Yeah, I don't really. I don't understand what it's going to work as. I saw again they were ruled to reveal this team captains. Um, I also saw a quote that the competition quote is going to go off. End quote. So, 
you know, if you're wondering what to get ready for, <laughs> apparently that's <laughs> what you're getting ready for. It's going to be competition that's going off. Right. Um, it was exclusively revealed, by the way. Did you see who actually had the, like, exclusive report on this? No big sports media giant. People Magazine exclusively revealed. One of your favorite sources. Yep. One of Willie's favorite sources. Really? Willie has some weird ones. Willie's got the uh, Willie Ramirez, who's on, you know, every so often as part of the company. He's probably listening right now. You go, Willie. Um, I bust his chops all the time because he, I would use this as well, but it got so ridiculous with the uh, links and feeds you were getting. Yeah. I think he uses some kind of Google feed that then generates off of what you search and your interest, but mm. some of the websites are just, they're pretty bad aggregators with awful headlines and not good. All right. Viruses and crap. Well, this one was a real People magazine report. People is a reliable source. It is. We well, would do half the show on, on People. Especially when it comes to people in this realm yeah because these are hollywood celebrities a little bit more pete davidson is kind of having like a moment like the last couple of years with his dating well not even his dating he's just been a lot more in the i would say the the limelight right he's been a little bit more center stage the pete davidson the only thing i knew about him more than five i'd say about five years ago was the inappropriate jokes made during a roast about his father's untimely death i think the dating life blew him up it really did. Good for him. It was bene- he was. It was beneficial for him. Why not? Not only did he get to delete, uh, to date hot A-listers, but then uh, it also bumped his career numbers up, too. It worked. It totally worked. All right, I know tomorrow that this will be teed up again when we start the show. Because <laughs> I really think in the case of our, our buddy Adam Hill, it's more of a personal thing, and that's why he's pushing it so hard. The Bills and Chiefs. Getting the soft touch from the NFL. I mean, Chiefs got kind of screwed. But I think actually the Bills are the team that's getting the, the soft touch. Um, and the Bengals kind of left on the outside with this whole DeMar Hamlin thing and where they were going to play the playoff games. And, you know, we know Adam has it out for the Bills. He's had it out for a while. He's not entirely wrong on this one. I think his extra level of passion, though, is you know tied into the fact that he was a Buffalo fan. But it does feel weird this weekend that the Bengals are at the Bills when they really didn't remedy the cancellation of the game, and then when they did come up with a remedy, it only involves the Bills and the Chiefs in the next round. And I saw just two days ago they started selling tickets for the neutral site AFC Championship, which has not been determined yet in terms of the matchup. That game in Atlanta, and Cincinnati has noticed. They're pissed, and they should be. I'm just waiting for someone to come over the top and be like, DeMar Hamlin, man! Bigger than football. Okay. Oh, we're, we, we, we dealt with it. All right? And we actually told you in the days after, this is all coming. So if you want to put your head in the friggin' sand, put it in the sand. But at some point, people are going to feel like they got cheated. Teams are going to feel like they got cheated by the league, who frankly did not come up with enough contingency plans. And what, Joe Mixon? Because I've seen a bunch of the Bengals are pissed off here. Uh, Joe Mixon is mad, the running back. Put down your hands, Joe. Uh, he's mad about the fact that they're selling this neutral site thing, and, and the Bengals are not involved in this in any way, and they should have been involved uh, you know, in the scenario where they make the championship game. Here's the uh, Bengals running back. I heard it was brought up in team meetings that they're selling tickets already for the AFC championship game, potentially at a neutral site between the Chiefs and the Bills. Is that motivating for you guys at all? I mean, to be honest, it's, it's disrespectful, but we're not worried about that Like I said, we... We got a game to play on Sunday, right? So you can't count us out. We got a game to play on Sunday. Like I said, that other stuff, that don't mean We're going to go out there on Sunday and 
um, you know, we're going to do it what the hell we got to do to come back with that dub. And then we're going to see what they're talking about. You want to explain it again? If the Bengals win this game, then the Chiefs have a home game. The Bengals could have been in the mix for home field. Yeah, I don't remember what exactly. Oh, they could have been in the mix home field. They had the, the DeMar Hamlin incident not happen. Right. Had they had won out and then the Chiefs fell one time, then they could have won out uh, in terms of home field. Um, so that was exactly what it was, is in this new scenario, and whether it was this scenario that the league thought of or if they were going to go to win probability, the Bengals ultimately got screwed either way in the way that this thing was going to go down. But regardless, like this thing, I think what's more important in all of this, because Adam keeps talking about, like you mentioned, right, the Bills and them getting the soft touch, as you put it, or you know, the biggest advent, uh, advantage goes to Buffalo. Uh, this game should have been played on a neutral. This Between weekend. these two. Yes. This weekend, yes. yeah. They didn't, get, they didn't get the play. Bengals held control of their destiny, and now they're in Buffalo. They did, yeah. And, well, and, and like, that's the thing. And when, you're, when you see quotes, Troy Vincent, uh, who was asked about this um, and who works for the National Football League, and he was asked, and this is from the uh, Buffalo, I want to get the uh, Buffalo News, okay, NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, quote, there was some discussion, but membership thought it was best for only the championship to be at a neutral site. That discussion should have been, these two should have played a game. We did not play the game for the right reasons. But that result was not allowed to play out over the field. So they should play one another. Should they meet each other? That should be at a neutral site. I mean, look, I'm all for probabilities and whatnot. We talked about this when we had Adam and you know, all three of us were on on that Friday. But let's not forget, it was Cincinnati who had a lead in that game, had the ball, and was in Buffalo territory. Right, like they were moving like a hot knife through butter against that defense for Buffalo, and it did seem like again we don't know what the final result was going to be. It did look like it was going to be a successful offensive night at the very least for the Cincinnati Bengals to start that game. It is ridiculous that they're not going to play on a neutral between these two, and it's even more ridiculous that you have a higher up in the league office being like, "Yeah, we talked about it, but we thought it was nah. We don't need to do that." Like, why? If you're the Bengals, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. 777 gets you two hot dogs, two bags of chips, and a 22-ounce Bud, Bud Light, or Michelob Ultra Draft on Golden Knights game days at the Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Greg's a great coach, and he did the best he could every single week, every single day. Great family, uh, uh, you know, another great competitor. So we leave that era, kind of. You know, we move into the next era now in terms of our offense, and uh, I did ask Lamar about it, and he will be involved in it. You know, I'll keep him abreast of what's going on, and I'm sure he'll have some input along the way. But I know his focus, like he told me, is going to be on getting himself ready and getting his guys ready. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. A lot of changes around the National Football League. That was John Harbaugh talking about Greg Roman, the OC, who goes bye-bye which is a little bit weird considering the fact that he just worked with three different quarterbacks. Like mm-hmm. they, They're not judging off of that, I hope, right? No, and it, it seemed like it was a mutual deal, right? So the actual press release is Greg Roman to pursue other opportunities. Ooh, okay. So it does sound like, you know, usually you get, hey, it was a mutual in reality. It was just you got fired. This does seem that maybe – Greg Roman was in a locked step and was like, yeah, I mean, let me go find something else. Maybe he knows something. Well, he'll be coveted, and I think you were hinting at the fact that I know in New York the, the, the ball is going to start rolling on the Jets have an OC job open. The dream would be 
get Greg Roman as the OC, trade for Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a report, not a report, a video a little while ago from uh, Rap saying, that was a whole panel, so I don't know who said it, but it's tagged with uh, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson isn't going anywhere. And he'll be tagged if they can't work out a deal, which I the tag thing both with Jacobs locally, but especially with Lamar Jackson, to speak right now like, oh, okay, then it'll be done. You right. sure? Lamar Jackson didn't play the end of the season. I'm not exactly sure why. I mostly believe it was a pretty serious injury. I can't imagine he's thrilled still not having a long-term deal. I don't think the Ravens want to sign a long-term deal with him ever. I think they're going to run him into the ground the next two years if they can on franchise tags. He'll make good money. He won't have any guarantees. And I think at some point he steps up and goes, I'm, I'm not doing this. And then if you're the Ravens, listen, the future without Lamar Jackson would be kind of bleak. You're, you have to have a plan for the next person. Mm-hmm. But I would rather be out in front of this. Because he, he, there is a petulant nature at times about Lamar Jackson. I'm not banging on him for standing up for himself, not having a long-term contract. But every once in a while, he has some, something stupid he says on social media. If I'm the Ravens, I'm looking at the reality of this lasting on the field and off the field like six or seven more years and going, you know what, it's probably not going to. And right now, his value is pretty freaking sky high. And if I can get two first-round picks for him, and I don't want to pay him $50 million anyway. I get out from under this, and then I trust my ability to go around the NFL and find my quarterback or do bridge and draft. Is it that unrealistic that they could surprise a lot of people and just go, you know what, we don't – they're not going to say it. Like, we just don't believe in that we're going to pay him $250 million, especially the way he plays the game and the way he has to play the game. No, I mean – Am I crazy on that? I – I think you're a little crazy in selling Lamar Jackson short as how effective he can be as a quarterback, right? I'm not I'm not selling I'm not selling him short. I don't believe the Ravens believe in him four years from now. But why wouldn't you? you want an why haven't they signed him? Well, because I think because he doesn't have any representation and it's hard when you're representing yourself to get the most money when you pro- I'm just speaking like, right? I this is not an insult or a slight to Lamar Jackson, the intricacies of working out a long-term deal in the yeah. National Football League, right? Yeah. I'm sure an agent is more well-equipped to do that. These deals are so big now, and if the number is 3%, whatever it is, right. it's it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't think you can walk back out on the field playing under a one-year deal the way Lamar Jackson has to play. He has to get outside. He's got to move down the field with his feet. He's not Kirk Cousins. Right? He's not a pocket quarterback. That's not what he's best at. Right. But to my point overall is the reason why they haven't signed him is I think they're in a position of power. They are negotiating with a guy who is not an agent, who doesn't know the intricacies of, of making these deals. And so why would you balk at anything when you feel like you're in the position of negotiating power here yeah. if you're the Baltimore Ravens? So I don't think it has anything to do with how they feel with Lamar Jackson's quarterback. I think it's just a negotiating, uh, negotiating thing. Um, and look, for, uh, as we kind of move forward here, because to your point about like, you know, the personal nature of like whatever how Lamar Jackson acts, that's the downside of negotiating for yourself, right? Negotiating is a business, and when you're actually in the room, you feel slighted because you feel like you are worth more than what is being put out there, and thus, like at the end of the year, because I think you're right on both accounts. I think both things can be right. In that, like Lamar Jackson near the end of the year, I don't think he was faking it. 
But if you are in his position, if I'm not 100%, if I'm only 80%, why am I going to risk that? I want to be 100% healthy if I'm going to go back out on their field. Robert Griffin III spoke to that, right? He went out on a football field when he was not 100%. Robert Griffin III's career never recovered from it after he suffered that injury. But, like, overall, when you're talking about, like, the future here, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all that he's not a Baltimore Raven next year. I mean, why? Like, I don't understand the, like you said, the thought process of, like, all right, cool, franchise, wipe our hands of it, Pontius Pilot style, let's move on. Like, no, I don't think it's the case at all. Yeah. The guy clearly wasn't happy playing on one year this year. What's, what's going to make the difference that he's going to be happy playing on one year next year for maybe, you know, obviously, what was it, the average of the top five at the position? Sure, it's a lot of money, but it's still only one year. Le'Veon Bell did it. He sat out the year. But Le'Veon Bell's not a quarterback, and right. he doesn't have $250 million on the table. And he's not a former MVP. Right? Like, that's the thing. There's going to be a demand, to your point, for Lamar Jackson. And for some of these teams, like, because that's the difference too, right? Like, when we're talking about a guy like Lamar Jackson, there's going to be teams that, yeah, you can convince yourself if you're the Colts the last few years. Yeah, Phillip Rivers might be that missing piece. Or Matt Ryan might be that missing piece. Carson Wentz might be that missing piece. This is a former MVP who's still insanely young that you can grab and plug into your team if you're the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, whoever and maybe get you to the promised land that you think you're one step away from. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Let the ball roll so the clock won't start. Now it will. The final 10 seconds. Stevens charging. He ties it up. Late game magic once again for Isaiah Stevens. Tajay lets it go at the buzzer. No good. And San Diego State comes from behind in this one. Plays a solid second half and wins it 82 to 76. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company. It was a good game last night in the Mount West Conference. Snowy, wintry. Colorado State was leading. Pretty big in the second half. Uh, they, uh, they blew the lead. They had to come back to get it to overtime. That was Isaiah Stevens getting it to overtime. And then in OT, Matt Bradley came through. It's a pretty good defense by San Diego State. And they uh, continue to move through the slate in the Mountain West Conference with just one loss. Boise is right there with them. Nevada is uh, sitting there with two losses. Meanwhile, the Rebels have had a really rough start to conference play at 1-5. and five. And, you know, it's funny, I was I actually got to watch it down the stretch. And when Stevens hit a couple of really good buckets, and I was I was thinking to myself, man, this guy passes too much. Like, he's almost too unselfish. He really, <laughs> second half of the year, and, you know, it's a little less than that. It's like 12 games left. They really should send him out there, and his mindset should be, I need to get 35 every night. Like, he's that good and uncoverable and can draw fouls on other people. He is really, really good. And the other thing, I'll give him credit. I'll give both guys credit. David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens in this era of, hey, let me go to a winner and make sure I get to the NCAA tournament. Stevens probably should have left and gone somewhere else yeah. that had you, – you go to a Power 5 school, unless they blow it in a given season, you get to 500 in conference, you're playing in the tournament. So I give him credit for staying at CSU. Yeah, they're, 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 they're solid, but uh, what are they, 2-5 and five now in conference or 10-10 mm-hmm. and 10 overall. And he, and he was hurt at the beginning of the year, so that hurt you know, a big part of their season. To your point, look at Grant Sherfield, right? Grant Sherfield was like, screw this. Just go to a Power Five and enough. give me a shot at it, and sure enough, Oklahoma's not ter- like not the best, but all you got to do is, like you said, finish it as an average team, and you're probably making it in. Um, by the way, so well, how about that anomaly too? 
three straight overtime games for Colorado State, that's got to be pretty taxing for this team. Um, and also, if I were to ask you, just give me a general ballpark, where you think nationally Isaiah Stevens ranks in individual assist rate, where would you put him? Um, I, think you're, I think you're setting me up for pretty high. Eighth yeah. in the country. In individual players, we're not talking about teams. Right. Individual players, according to Ken Palm, he's got the eighth best assist rate in the country. Let's let's cut that down a little bit. Right. <laughs> to your point. For a guy, frankly, who probably should be taking 25 shots a game. Right. Let's cut it down just a little bit. When he was 8 of 16 from three against UNLV, including the you know overhead soccer throw at the basically at the buzzer in regulation. So I was watching that kind of late night on a replay, that game. Tape delay. Yeah, I always uh, always catch up on a little TV later at night. And one, I've been talking about All American, which is an, an old show now, and I'm still catching up. And I only watch it when I travel. Okay. And I tried to watch an episode last night at home because I was like, let me just catch up and get through this. And then I was like, nah, you know what? I need to be traveling because when I watch TV, I'm such a lunatic now with the phone that I'm not paying attention. So now I got to be careful of what shows I watch. I wanted to go back and find a show that I stopped watching. The significant other, the SO, was a walking dead lunatic. I faded on it like three years ago. She watched it all the way through, and then she made a random comment last night. She's like, oh, it was, it was good. It's good. you gotta, you got to watch it. So I'm like, all right. Do I go back and watch it? There are shows I watch, and then I forget about them, and then I don't finish, and then I'm like, wait, I never finished that. So I'm not sure if you were going to believe me or not. That was the show at the top of the list for me to go back to, oh, was really? The Walking Dead. Yeah. So Isabel and I, my wife, uh, for those who are listening, um, we both actually watched it quite a bit as well. Now, we fell off, and it wasn't for that reason, but we fell off right around the same time quite a few people fell off. It was right after, spoilers, sorry, I'm going to say it, Glenn dies. It, it was right after that, because I actually thought it got a little corny, and I was like, all right, like, what am I going to do here? <clears throat> but you, <clears throat> you know what's brought me back? TikTok. TikTok has been said, like, the trend now on TikTok has been these Walking Dead memes. They have been fantastic. Oh, really? They have been it's hilarious. my algorithm for some reason. No, and, and it has brought me back to the point, Steve, where I'm like, i got to watch this show again. It's, it, I have to be back here and see what's going on. I saw a video with, like, these Stormtrooper-looking security guards. I'm like, this is still the same show? It is. I learned the other day that Rick Grimes is apparently still alive. Yeah. I'm in. Spinoff's coming. Yeah, I didn't know that. You're, yeah, I think you're good. the one that explained it. I did. That to me. Yeah. I knew that one. Um, I had no idea. Other shows you guys discussed that you kind of you faded on. <clears throat> so some of them are like you know like we're big anime fans. So there's a couple of animes that we started right. and we did not uh, we did not end up finishing. Um, there's if you're an emotional kind of person, there's one on HBO Max called To Your Eternity or things something like that. Very good one. Really solid. Angel thumbs up. Yep. Thank you. Very good. We got to start that back up. And I will say. This is one that we have to start. It just does it count because it just came out, but I've been looking forward to it. You're an HBO guy. The Last of Us adaptation of a video game. I'm I'm a big gamer. Played all of the games. So I watched episode one last night. What'd you think? I I didn't focus. I didn't focus. It felt slow. Um, it's also very. I don't mean dark by a subject matter. It's dark yeah. from a lighting standpoint. So the both of us are like, what is? We got to like turn off all. I, I like. I had a feeling coming out of it because it's it's an apocalypse type deal, yep. and I don't want to. I'm going to spoil one part, but I, I when I watched it, I'm like, I got to go back and watch it again because I got to give it a chance. It felt like the same deal with leftovers. You ever watch leftovers where 
a significant portion of the world's population just disappears. Okay. And then the first season is just a setup. Like, you're just trying to figure out what the hell happened. And a lot of people are like, first season sucked. But it got really good as it went along. So you got to be patient. The setup is long. I will, I will tell you in this, you get a setup from 20 years ago. Something happens and they jump ahead to the 20 years. And they hop or they, they plant down in Boston. And Boston is destroyed. Yeah. Like you can see, it's an apocalypse. And I was like, man, I love this part. That Boston is gone. Um, <laughs> so, so I will. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna. By the way, on the Boston thing. So we had Sam Peniatovich on on Tuesday. Sam's working in Boston. He works at Nesson. Sam tweeted out a story that on Monday night he's watching the Bucks and Cowboys game at a bar, and he said there was a guy at the end of the bar who was ranting and raving that Brady sucks. He knew it. He's nothing without Belichick. And then a bunch of Patriot fans and New Englanders went at Sam and said, why would you make this up? And then you sent me something, and you're saying, you, you told me, you're like, hey, people are going after him. When I looked at the tweets, I believe Sam, that there was some jackass at the bar saying Brady sucks. Why was that not believable? I don't believe him. Why? He got too – like, look, Sam's a guy who likes fire back anyway. He got a little too – it was too quick. It was too quick. And I don't know. I didn't really follow it too deeply. I did not see any of, like, Sam going back to the story or, like, expanding on it or anything like that. Like, the second he got pushed back, he got defensive. So you, so you think they, they, they shook him by coming back at him? Right. He didn't really have a way to respond to it. Also, can I just say, some of the responses were hilarious. Like, one guy was like, I'm at a bar right now. Ain't nobody saying anything. Like, oh, well, that's the end of it then. Because yeah. you're at one random bar out there in Boston. Nobody's saying anything about Belichick. You must have a feel I, of the entire Boston community. There's probably not a night when I go to a bar where I don't overhear something, like a, a sports take that's kind of silly, that I could tweet I could tweet it out almost every night I go out. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a slight, like, that's people talk sports at bars, and sometimes they – they want to argue, so yeah. they're going to say stuff so people go at them. And I maybe, thought it was believable. Maybe so. Here's the thing: because we all do this, maybe there was a like a snippet of truth to it. Okay. Maybe like one guy was like, "Nah, you know," like and said, "You know, what? I can't. What was it again? That Belichick was the best, or whatever it was." Yeah, Brady's nothing without Belichick. There you go. So maybe one guy was like, "Nah, Brady's nothing without Belichick," and one guy was like, "Come on, Tom, you're crazy." And then like, <laughs> <laughs> and like that was it, right? But then you exaggerate it so that it makes a really good tweet. Because, hey, one guy at the corner of the bar said Belichick or Tom was nothing without Belichick quietly into his beer, right? And it was Samuel Adams. That's not, that's not a fun tweet. Uh, coming up next, let's go back to the, uh, the NFL in terms of the news cycle. Lots of OC jobs open, including the one that was uh, just vacated by Byron Lefwich. Xavier Pope's going to comment on that and much more. Get 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra on Golden Knights game days at the Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. This is about Todd Bowles, who got the head coach job right at the tail end of March. Bowles was not able to hire his own coaching staff at that point because everyone had already been hired. This allows him to kind of look around and put together the staff that he wants. And they did come off a year in which their offense was one of the very worst in the league. So it's unfortunate for Leftwich, but it looks like it's just a matter of uh, shuffling the coaching staff under a new head coach. Lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor, Xavier Pope, he is live on Cofield and Company. 
Lots of NFL talk today. Let's bring in Xavier Pope. Byron Leftwich is out as the Bucks OC. He was a head coach candidate just last year. So, Xavier, where do you think Leftwich lands? He's going to get a job immediately, right? There's 10 other offensive coordinator jobs open. He's going to get a job this coming year, right? I, I don't know that. I mean, the, the, the landscape is unforgiving for black coaches. I tweeted about this about Byron Leftwich before. Uh, he was a hot head coaching candidate. And, uh, you know, you see this happen with Jim Caldwell, the, the Tony Dungeons of the world. Uh, once you have some uh, movement out of those the different positions, um, sometimes it's hard to, to land in a good spot if you're an African-American coach in, in the National Football League. I mean, remember, Brian Flores' suit wasn't just about head coach in the National Football League. It was about uh, high-level coaches, including offensive coordinators, and the, the pipeline to become a head coach in the National Football League. So uh, we don't know where he has uh, 10 opening spots for him to land, um, but uh, hit the, his prospects look a lot darker than they did before. I mean, yes, he was under the Bruce Arian staff that – won the Super Bowl, and they were in the top five in, in offense and, and, and for three years. Um, and then they dropped in the, 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 the last quarter, and it led to him being fired. I, I know that Tabo probably wants to hire his own staff, but um, his, his career definitely has taken a tumble um, from the, in the last uh, 12 months. And, Xavier, I know there's always pushback on this, but, I mean, look at a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, right? And I, I tweeted something about this, too. When it happened, he gets fired. And there's apparently a report that there's teams lining up to hire him as an offensive coordinator. He's like, nah, I can't be bothered. I'm going to Thailand for vacation. Because he knows as soon as he gets back, exactly. the jobs will be waiting for. Like, there won't be some negative. And believe me, if Byron Leftwich goes to Thailand and doesn't work this year, he will be then labeled <laughs> with, well, does he really want it? Is he dedicated? Exactly. I mean, and I think that's, that's the privilege that comes along with being able to do whatever you want. Uh, and you have to work hard and, and, and show that you really want it. And for African-American coaches, you have to work twice as hard to be in those positions. And if you fail, um, you fall twice as hard. And I think that that is a, a sad state of affairs in the National Football League. We should have, we should have moved past this point. Byron Leftwich should already be in a great NFL job, head coach right now. But look where he is right now. It, 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 and Cliff Kingsbury, who came from an institution where he was a mediocre coach, uh, already to even get his job, didn't, didn't deserve the job in the first place. And, look, he gets uh, teams lined up to hire him after he gets fired. It's pretty crazy stuff. I want to go back to the Chargers-Jacksonville game. I don't know how much you watched of it, but it's pretty interesting. Hmm. People crushed yeah, I mean, Al Michaels and Dungy. What did you, did you When you were watching, were you like, boy, this seems like they're not real interested or they were lacking energy? I, I, I didn't think that at all. I, I, think that, I think that there are a lot of people um, that are calling. I, I did notice this, though, guys. That Al, Tony Dungy and, and Al Michaels, and they're, they're, they're a little longer than two. Um, and where are the younger broadcasters that are coming up and doing these big time playoff games? And I think that we need to start focusing on the next generation of guys that are going to be in the booth. Uh, that's what I thought. I mean, I'm not being ageist or anything like that, but they need to be able to spread the love and get some new guys up, get some new blood in that place. Yeah, a lot of people thought, well, they said, hey, you know, Al Michaels is 78, but the other part was, you know, since we talk so much sports gambling here, Al Michaels is a sports gambler, and some people accused him of maybe lacking energy because he was on the wrong side. You know, he was on the Chargers, and they just blew his bet. I'm not. I have no idea if that happened. I don't. I think he's been a he's been a professional his whole career, um, and I know. You know I, I assume he's been on the losing side in games that that he's been announcing. So I, I can't explain it. It didn't. I, I didn't think it was that. I didn't think it was that awful. But I was kind of wrapped in the game. I didn't really. I didn't care that much about what the announcers were saying. And I think that's absurd. Uh, if you don't see any evidence of any propriety on Al Michaels' part, he's been in the booth for decades. He's been one of the, 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 the standard bearers for the profession. He doesn't come out and just come out and say stuff like that. I think it's absurd. The final call was atrocious. 
Al Michaels on the game-winning field goal. I thought that was really bad. And, and Xavier, I don't know, maybe Tony Dungy was distracted and distraught by the fact that there's litter boxes in public high schools all around oh the country. What is, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> what, is, what is going on? I, 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 so many people are buying into just nonsense now. I, I think it's when people start to, 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 to hook on to a political narrative in terms of um, uh, anti-LGBTQ plus culture. Um, Tony Dungy has himself um, may ha- has come out with rhetoric um, in terms of his Christian faith, and people use it their Christian faith to be anti-LGBTQ plus. Uh, we've seen this um, with the uh, the Provorov uh, situation um, in, uh, in in NHL um, can hide behind their faith to be able to uh, spread views that flank, frankly um, sound quite, quite bigoted. And we jumped ahead in the story. Dungy made reference in a tweet to litter boxes being put in schools because students want to identify as cats. Yeah, I mean, it's absurd. It's, it, it, it's so, and it's been disproven. So when you're working in journalism and you have something that's been openly disproven, why are you pushing that narrative? I mean, Tony Dungy, you've made a ton of money. You, you're, you're securing your job. There's no reason to put this crap out um, with the politics that we have out right now. Xavier Pope is with us. What's going on with Suit Up News this week? Uh, we're, we are still uh, working on uh, finalizing it up on a new platform. I'm excited about that. Um, you will definitely hear about it from us once we get it popping. I think an interesting topic would be what's going on around the country as we all kind of make a decision on the future and what we're going to do with gas-powered cars versus electric. And there are some <laughs> states There are some states kind of stepping out of line, like Wyoming's being very aggressive to protect mm-hmm. some of their industry. What's Wyoming doing? Well, there's six in the country in coal production, and so they're seeking to uh, outlaw um, the um, uh, electric cars being manufactured uh, and distributed in the state. I mean, I, I, and, and definitely not supporting any type of uh, infrastructure to support charging those vehicles. They've said that, okay, there's the materials that's required. It's going to hurt our industry um, and some of this other. But this is stuff that's based in politics. I mean, it, and, and you, it's interesting that, that a, a car like a Tesla um, would be, you know, would, would, they, they wouldn't want a car like that in the state. But you see some of the politics that, that Elon Musk is supporting is definitely supporting um, right-wing politics that he wants the GOP to be able to control Congress and, and these, these different things. But there's politics are running in, in opposition directly to people claiming they want gas stoves and they want uh, coal to, and, and gas uh, car, power cars forever. Xavier Pope is with us. It's Cofield and Company here on a Thursday, hitting a bunch of uh, interesting issues around the world of sports and otherwise. You know, Flo Rida actually went to UNLV for a couple of months. Absolutely. Wanted to study business management. He's actually been a really successful artist and then all the other stuff he's doing. And, boy, I saw this and I was blown away. He just got an $82 million settlement from the, the drink company Celsius. Yeah, and it was crazy about that. He sued for a buck, and he relied on a jury to assess damages. Uh, and and he well, he just wanted the one percent of the company that he he felt that he, that he said that he was owed. And the, the jury awards him eighty two million dollars. And I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about Celsius in years. They even still make this stuff. I mean, oh, yeah, so I see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I got it in my house. I don't drink it, but someone right. else does. Okay, I, I I didn't realize it was still popular. A popular drink. I knew it was big in the in the mid two thousand tens. Um, so getting 82 million bucks when he, I hadn't heard a single from Florida in quite some time. Uh, he was a big act for a little while. 
uh, shows how smart a businessman he's been um, to pursue it. I mean, this this case has been going on for a couple of years about money that were owed to him. I think it was 2014 to 2017 um, for uh, promoting the brand. And a smart man comes and walks away with 82 million bucks. We got a good one here. Did you, I, you know, I cannot remember back to 2020 and where we all were with Tiger King. I know we loved it. Did you crap on it? <laughs> no, actually, I mean, it was because I had nothing else to do. I was trapped in my condo. That's why I watched it. That's why everyone watched it. That's why, what else was I going to do? Yep. Uh, I, 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 and I think that if, if it wasn't for the pandemic, it wouldn't have become a phenomenon. There are a lot of different things totally that agree. phenomenon during the pandemic. Um, the whole, like, following Carol Baskin. The fact that they made a show based on Tiger King. Yep. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's insane. <laughs> so, nah, I, I, there's no way it would become a phenomenon without it. They, they had a, they, yeah, they actually made a show. Um, there was a second uh, season in terms of the documentary. is more on Carol Baskin. And now we're seeing the news out there. I don't know if this has been verified. I don't know what the deal is. But her husband, Don Lewis, or former husband, the uh, husband that disappeared. And he's actually, that storyline is really featured in the second documentary season of Tiger King. Apparently he may be alive yeah. in Costa Rica. And I saw a good question on this. If she collected on his life insurance, he turns out to be alive. What happens to the money? Would the insurance company go after the money? Uh, well, it also depends on first the, the beneficiary and and where they feel the beneficiary stands in terms of the money that monies that were paid. If he was legally declared dead, um, then she's entitled to that money. Now, in terms of the individual that filed, that uh, put that policy in place, uh, he, he his actions may, if he had any knowledge that those monies were paid out and he got paid any money part of it, I mean, that could be seen as um, some measure of fraud. And so um, they could potentially go after him. Carol Baskins might be safe on that. I mean, she's been able to skate, skate through <laughs> a lot of situations unscathed, man. So uh, Carol, she seems to be untouchable. All right, ready for this one? I think I'm going to get my head ripped off here in our final final minute here. Um, I've seen you tweet about slap fighting. I watched, <laughs> I watched, oh I watched slap last night on TBS. Xavier, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, see, I, I ripped on it as me being a participant. There is no way that I'm going to put my hands behind my back and let yeah. slap the crap out of me. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. Wait, am I going to watch someone put their hands behind their back and get the crap slapped at them? Yes, I will. <laughs> but you get, you get, yeah, of course. But you get, the thing is, you get your turn. Now, here's the thing. If you lose the coin flip and you don't get the first slap, there was, they did show one fight last night where it looked like it was going to be an even matchup, and the guy got the coin flip, slapped the freaking taste out of the guy's mouth and knocked him out. The guy could not get up, and it was just like, hey, sometimes it's decided by the coin flip. It's actually, it's really interesting. I mean, the sad part about it is, I'm guessing these guys are getting hundreds of dollars for this and maxing out at whatever, eight, ten thousand dollars at the end of this whole thing. Maybe the pay scale is a lot higher, but Not dudes, true, are, dude, dudes are risking a lot for a, a very small amount of money. No, they they had a, a recent slap tournament. I, it was a payout was a million bucks. So I mean, there's right. money in that. All right, there should be professional that, slappers because I I think it's going to do really well and I think it's going to be a massive hit on social media. So. I think so. I mean, I, I, I was entertained. Xavier, you have a good weekend. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Love you guys. Hey, you got to watch it. I'm going to I'm gonna break it down some more later on. I actually like some of the rules they have in it. I mean, I have watched many minutes of slap fighting on YouTube, so I'm totally down. John, and the other thing they did, 
last night is they featured the folks who did not know what they were doing. There were there were some guys. It was like a light, you know, brushing of the fingers. It was like, what are you doing? Did you train for this at all? You know what you're doing? 